Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We have a special guest with us this morning. Hopefully you already knew, but Dan Seaborn is here, and he's going to be sharing with us this morning. We're so glad that he is. But why don't you do me a favor? Just stand up again. Let's give him a Life West welcome as he comes on up here. Take it away. You, have Dan. some fun. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Morning. Thank you. You can be seated. It is so good to be here with you again, Life West. Last time I was with you, we were in a barn. And I remember we had sight lines, we had poles, we had to dodge those, and I had to look around at you. But it's good to be here, and what a great setting, what a beautiful place. So let me tell you that something happens here at Life West uh, that I never have happened anywhere else. I travel, as many of you know, around the country with an organization called Winning at Home. In fact, a couple of our staff is here this morning. Raise your hand up so I can be proud of you for a second. Yeah, right there. They're awesome. But um, we... Um, we are so thrilled and honored to be in this community and to be a part of this community. And so, you know, I get to travel all over the country, as you know, and preach. But, but here, here something happens. And even when I woke up this morning, because last time I was here, it happened. And I woke up this morning going, oh, man, <laughs> I hope that happens again. This couple sitting right here, okay, they make beef jerky for me. And it's in the green room. And I'm just telling you, Joel and Trina, thank you very much. I... Uh, I just want you to know, so, <laughs> you know, you probably shouldn't be able to bait preachers to come to your church, but that works, and in fact, I got a bag up there, I'm taking a bag left home, I'm going to go home and watch the PGA Championship and enjoy my jerky, so it's going to be a good afternoon, but it's so good to be here with you, and first service was full, this service is full, and I love to see you coming and worshiping the Lord, and so let me just take a second, as I said, as I've traveled around the country, I've had pastors say to me, uh, just really tired. Uh, it's a season of ministry where I think you guys will get this. People can get upset at you pretty easy these days. You know, you walk in a store and you don't have some things on, you can get people upset. And so as a pastor, um, working through that, being sensitive to all people, caring about all people, doing it as Jesus would do it is really challenging. So I just want you to take a second and thank Sam and Becca and the team for what they do. So just give them a hands off. Thank you. Bless you. Those of you online who are joining for this second service, I'm uh, so glad and thrilled that you would join and honored that you would come. And I'm just praying and hoping that you will open your heart to whatever it is God would say to you. And I hope that happens here in the service as well. And all I want you to do is just um, be willing to hear Jesus speak to you this morning. This message is so simple. Like, honestly, this is a message where you're going to go, really, that's it? It's that simple. But I believe it's a very poignant message for our society. I personally believe right now my responsibility as a preacher is to simply bring the name of Jesus before you, let you hear it, and then let you make a decision how you choose to live your life. We live in a confusing time. It's confusing I was speaking to a group of teens recently, and I said to them, if I were you today, I would be really frustrated. Because I said, you know, I, I look at the world you're in, and you got one group of adults over here saying this. you got another group of adults over here saying this. They just fight all the time. And you're watching it going, who am I supposed to believe? I see Christians fighting like crazy. 
I believe in the days ahead, we're going to have a lot of churches who no longer preach the name of Jesus. They preach whatever they preach to make people happy. I want you to know I'm one preacher. I've already made the decision. I'm going to preach what I believe the Word of God teaches. Whether it aligns with what society wants to hear or not, I really don't care. Because God the Father created in the beginning the way things were supposed to be. Jesus reiterated it, lived his life to honor it. I'm just living in 2021. All I'm going to do is tell you what God the Father said and what Jesus said. And I'm going to preach that. That won't be liked in some circles. And I just don't care. Because I believe it's my responsibility to do that in a loving, caring, Christ-like way. And it's what I'm going to do this morning. But I got to say for me, like I, I especially want to say to you who are young here this morning, who are high school and down, let me, let me just say to you, um, be wise where you get your information. And this morning, I'm going to present something to you that I believe is just truth. And I want to show you something to get that started. This is for all of you, of course. But I want to say that what, why is it that when I say, for example, the name of Jesus, if I could get on national TV today at 2 o'clock, big announcement, and, and I walked out, or you walked out, and we just said, I just want to share something. With you. I want to share with you your hope. And I said, it's Jesus Christ. There would be people going, really? I came inside and turned the TV on to see this nonsense? That's what they would say. And I want to go, why, why do you hate him so much? I'm confused. He came and like gave his, like, he died for you. Never did anything wrong. Never, never did anything sinful. Why do you hate him? Sometimes that's really confusing to me. Until I read 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It's going to come up on the screen. This verse of scripture tells us why. People can't receive and want to hear the name of Jesus. Even as I'm preaching this morning, I'm not going to assume that everybody in here believes the name of Jesus. There may be somebody here today, as I'm preaching, you just go, what, what's up with this guy? Why does he keep saying Jesus? What's Jesus ever done for me? A lot. And maybe you can't see it because this verse says the God of this world. You need to know that little three-letter God right there, small g, the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, when they read that, they actually used the word Satan there. When you see a little g, they refer to that as Satan. The God, Satan of this world, has blinded the minds of those so they can't see it. So basically, if you think about it, People out in the world, when I say the name Jesus, if they're watching, they go, what's he talking about? I don't get what he means. Like, I, I can't see it. Correct. Because the God of this world blinds us. We can't see truth. We are privileged this morning that we get to get in a place where, where we hear truth. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of the, of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus. And so, in our world right now, with, with all this going on in our world, we're having things thrown at us as the answer. Here, here's what you need. If you get this, you'll be just fine. In fact, I, I, I brought it with me. I call it the world's bucket. The world's got a bucket full of things that it says to us. It says it through the media. 
It says it through social media. It says it through everyday lifestyle. It says it through all the advertisements you see on TV. It says to us, reach in this bucket and you'll find hope. Because we live in a world desperate for hope. Our phones at Winning at Home, Sarah there takes a lot of these calls. Um, we went from pre-pandemic, 125 new clients, people wanting to get into our offices a month, to about 300 right now a month. People are looking, can you show me? Can you help me? Just, can you give me help? And the world says, oh, yeah, reach in my bucket, man. I got all kind of stuff. And the world says, this is hope. And I want to, and the things aren't bad. Don't give me, you think everything in that bucket's sinful? No, no. But I want to show you at the end of the day what the world calls hope leads to hopelessness. It leads you to more depression. It leads you to more discouragement. It leads you to laying in your bed at night going, well, man, I tried that, and I tried that for a year, and now I still feel stinky. Because the world cannot satisfy. And I want to show you some of these good things. Good things. But if you chase them... At the end of the chasing, you will be empty. Let me give you some examples. Here's the first one. Um, I call it education. Educate. Get that degree. I borrowed this. <laughs> honor. I, I graduated. Honor. I, I, was the, I was the best in my class. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But, but watch this. This can become a little G. The, the, the world starts to go, if you get the right degree, and if you get the right person. In fact, today what we're going to do here on this major network, what we're going to do in, we're going to bring in an expert. He, she has 15 degrees. They're unbelievable. Whatever you think, stupid, watch this person. They know it all. They walk out. They give their answer. And the world just goes crazy. And I want to go... As a person, I'm so thankful they're brilliant. But brilliance doesn't mean they're wise. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives abundantly. That's all of us. All of us can get wisdom. Not all of us can get smarts. I can't get smarts. I was a straight C student. <laughs> and I couldn't make A's. My mom would say, Danny, you got to make A's. Your brother's really smart. I'm like, that's my brother. He can't shoot no hoops like me, I tell you that. You know what I mean? Two different people. But the world kind of says, if you get the right degree, if you focus on this, it will be your answer. And I will tell you, I don't believe that. I believe this is wonderful. Those of you here in are doctors, thank you, bless you, so grateful for you. But you're not my ultimate hope. For those of us who are, you're, you're, what you've created and what you can do in your mind, oh man, sometimes I'm around people and I just look at them and I marvel and I go, man, your mind is amazing. But I don't put my hope in that mind. Because at the end of the day, let me tell you, when you die, this dies with you. <laughs> you don't just go, oh kids, and by the way, all of a sudden in my mind, I pass it right on. It passes. So if you put your hope in this, you at the end of the day, in, in fact, you know what I've seen? The people I know who are really, really brilliant people at the end of their life, I see a lot of them get really angry, almost like they're losing something. 
Well, if you don't put your hope in this, you, don't, you won't have to worry about that. Enjoy it. Get all the degrees you can. I'll honor you. I'll come to your party. I'll eat your snacks that you give at your party. I'll do all that stuff. But don't let this be your hope because it's not your final hope. Another thing that I see the world. I got several things down in here I want to bring out. Here's something I see. Having a picture perfect family. Everything's great. How's your family? Good. How are your kids doing? Unreal. I got bumper stickers all the back of my car. Best kid in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. And if you put your hope in the fact that your family's awesome, which they are, but if you put your hope here, let me tell you what can happen. Hope can be shattered. A child can go wayward. And you can all of a sudden think to yourself, what's wrong with me? Here, here's what, here's what comes to your mind. What did I do wrong? I know I had a wayward child. And I would sit after preaching like this. I preach on a Sunday morning. Go home and sit in my chair. No beef jerky. <laughs> I'd go home and sit in my chair and think to myself, what did I do wrong? I mean, I'm out there preaching for Jesus, but where's my daughter? And this begets... You begin to find your identity and how your family's doing. You begin to find, how good am I doing? What's how good my family's doing? I see a lot of dads and moms, I'm only doing as good as my least child is doing. And I want to tell you, your identity and your hope cannot be found there. Because if it is, um, you're going to have trouble. You say, well, Dan, my family never has trouble. Be careful. Be careful. It's just called life, and this is an evil world we're in. And I will tell you today that uh, if your picture of your family doesn't look like this, that, let me, you can still have hope. Don't, don't think that because things are shattered here, it's downhill and it's all going to pot. It's not true. I've been through, as a parent, if you would have pulled me up here on stage when I was youth pastor 25 years ago, if you'd have pulled me on stage and said, hey, we want to tell you what you're going to go through in your family. I would have said, no way. Uh-uh, not my family. No, no, I am a good dad. I'm like, really cool. <laughs> and my kids love me. They're not going to do that. If you had told me what I would go through, I probably would have walked off stage and said, that I need to get out of ministry. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. I have been through it now. By God's grace, I'm on the other side of it. My daughter is back with the Lord. But i got to tell you, that period of time, what it taught me about trusting God, about putting my hope in the one true hope, not in how my family's doing, what it taught me, you can't put into words. Some of you today are going through something. In fact, your family looks more like this in your mind. We're upside down, man. I'm standing on my head right now. I've been spun around. I don't even know where I'm at. I want to say to you, this is an opportunity for you to find your hope at a deeper place. Does anyone want this? No. Dan, do you want to go through that again? No. But I'll tell you this. By God's grace, he has proven himself true. I told my children on Father's Day, maybe I mentioned it to you, but last year on Father's Day when I got all my kids together, they were there and... One of them was in through, you know, uh, FaceTime. But I was like, hey, guys, I want you to know, I made some real mistakes as your dad. And one of them was, 
I sometimes made y'all more important than my faith in the Lord. Because I used to base like how I'm doing with God with how y'all all are doing. I want to tell y'all something today. I love y'all, but my faith with God is mine and mine alone. Y'all got to earn and grow in your own faith with the Lord over time and in your relationship and in trusting Him fully. That's between you and Him. I'm going to be responsible for my walk with the Lord. And that's a different view. And I want you to make sure if you're over here today and you're trying to do, even use the word earn, you're trying to earn, listen to me. This is not where your final hope is found. It will fall flat. But the world will tell you, no, if all your family's good, then you're good. And I want to tell you, it's hopeless. Another thing down in here that I see people put their trust in is looks. Oh, Yeah. We spent a lot of time looking at this. A lot of money. If we just had the money added up this morning on the stuff that was used to get us into church, we could build several of those little houses. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big deal. And we put our faith and our trust and, our, and the world says, oh, look, look at her. Look at him. <laughs> I was just thinking uh, over spring break when I, we took ours a little later, but we were down in Florida. And there was this girl uh, out by the pool that she looked like, you know, she, she was a young mom, looked like a young mom. She was maybe 35, 30, maybe 30. And she had what the world is chasing. She had it all, and she dressed it up that way. Like she was out by the pool. I'd come over, I'd come from the beach, and I was washing my feet, and I saw her. She was sitting on the edge of the pool, and she was sitting in a position, and there, were, there was a group of guys around her, like seven or eight of them. Just made a circle, and she made sure she knew how to lure them in. She lured them in, and they're all looking at her, and she's just chatting, 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 chatting. And, you know, I, I remember, I laughed out loud. In fact, I was washing my feet. They're over there. I'm washing my feet, but I'm listening to them. And, and one of the guys, one of the guys asked her, you know, or, you know where, where are you from? Said to her, and she answered back, you know, and then all the guys are just kind of laughing in the pool, drinking their beer, having fun. And, and then she looked back at him and said to him, where are you from? And all his buddies said, he moving here now. I mean, it was just kind of like that joke thing. I, la I went, oh, and they looked over and said, hey, how are you doing? I laughed out loud at him. I laughed out loud. And I thought to myself, yep, that's our world. That's our world because we find our looks here. We find our looks in what we see. And, you know, I hate to discourage you, but your looks are going to pass away. Um, when you get 80 and you stand there naked in the mirror, you look 80. <laughs> I'm getting real close. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm just telling you, it's what happens. But the world says, find your beauty here. Find your hope. Here. That's perfect. Let him talk. But, but it passes. It's gone. And I want you to see that today. If you came in here going, well, I, I look good, so I'm fine. You will be fine even if you don't look good. Because when you find your identity in the Lord, we're going to go there at the end of this message, but if you're finding your identity in the things of this world, it won't work. Another thing we find our, our value in is... Uh, marriage relationships for those of you who are millennials this is it's called a unity candle <laughs> this is what like when you get married you stand together husband on one side wife on the and you light it and it lights up we don't do this anymore we have sand now you pour sand together rub rocks um 
this couple I saw, they poured their two favorite beers together and drank it. That was their unity candle, okay? Whole different deal. But so many people in our world look at this candle and go, that's my hope. If I could just find a guy. If I could just find the right girl. The right woman. A, a man left a message at my office not long ago. And the message just said, hey, Dan, this. And he said his name. He said, I'm calling because, man, man I, I really need a wife. And you know a lot of women. And I need you to call me back and help me out. <laughs> and I called him. I said, what you looking for? <laughs> what, what, what is it we're after? He started describing it. And I said, so if you found that, are you, are you finally complete? Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. And I said, no, it won't. I said, that's not where you find your identity. That's not where you find your value. Your value is found in the Lord. And so many of us in the church, I'm just going to call us out, church, listen to me. So many of us in the church, we have, we have said to ourselves, and I, I got to tell you, as a preacher, I've done this wrong too. As a preacher, I've done this wrong too. I've said to somebody, oh, get married and you'll find your soulmate. That's what we say. Do y'all know that's not biblical? It's not in the Bible. So a lot of couples get married. Let me tell you what happens. A lot of couples, especially in the church, get married. And, and then they go to church and they hear the pastor going, so anyway, sitting there with your soulmate, and you're sitting there going, that ain't my soulmate. <laughs> if it is, I missed it. Because we put all of our eggs in that basket that says, this is it. Once you like that, everything's good. And then when it doesn't happen that way, we go, What's wrong? Again, we sang it a while ago. What's wrong with me? Why am I not feeling complete? Why am I not feeling full? What's going on? I'm married and everything. Because this isn't where your final hope is found. This is not what makes you complete. It's a wonderful thing. The Bible says it's a helpmate, someone to help you grow and, and push you closer to the Lord. But this is not where we find hope. If we put all our hope in this, we will be lost. I, I was listening the other day to a radio station in our area that's not a Christian station. I was listening to it as we were driving, and there was a young girl in there crying her eyes out going, well, I thought I found the right one. I did it. It's just not working. I guess I'm just no good. Well, yeah, that's where you end up. You end up thinking, what's wrong with me? When it's not so much that as much as you're looking for love in all the wrong places. Your identity cannot be found in this. Another thing down in this uh, little thing is the, the, the accolades and awards of the world. You get those, man. You get them, you take them home, you sit them. What's that for? Uh, I, I, I'm the best. <laughs> what year did you win that? Uh, 2008. <laughs> Who's the best now? Oh. Because 2008, I was the best, and then 2009, well, I, I got second place. They didn't give a trophy. In 2010, um, I, my leg was hurt, and in 2011, I, I didn't even, they didn't even call me about doing it. And in 2012, I don't know if they remember my name. 2013, I can't even hardly see what it was I won. Things fade. They fade away. But we put our... Our hope in these. 
And, and some of us, like, I want to just, just say real gently, I want to say this gently, but I'm going to say it pretty straightforward. I had a couple of pastors in my office this week talking to me about, Dan, can, can you come to our church and talk about um, how much we're chasing these, these um, weekend sports? I just see families losing their identity because they're chasing because everybody else is doing it and I got to do this and I want my kids to be the best at that. And you say, Dan, you're saying it's wrong. No, I'm saying you better have balance. You better make sure you understand that these things pass away. A young man this week said to me, I won every award in wrestling in high school. Man, I got awards. I got trophies. He said, and you know where they all are? They're all in my basement. He's like, they don't even really matter anymore. I couldn't wrestle right now if I tried. Those things pass. It's that, it's that identity that we find elsewhere. We'll talk about that in a bit. That we ultimately get our hope. Don't find your hope in the world's trophies. And then the world itself, of course, um, <laughs> going through this pandemic, the world says, I tell you what, man, we'll give you. world loves stimulus. How do you answer pandemic stimulus? And who doesn't want it? Anybody want $600? I'll take it. We'll give you another $400. Okay. We'll give you another $400. Okay. And you know what we do at the end of those? That's gone. You got any more? Stimulus ultimately doesn't work. It gives you a temporary hope till it's gone. So here we sit at the end of the day with everything that the world has to offer and the bucket's empty. And we look and we go, wow, I, I tried it all. There's, all. there's other stuff in here some of y'all have tried. It, it's empty. You, 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 you say, I, I tried it and, it, it. and then we sit on the bucket and go, well, that's crazy. That, that thing's empty and I, man, I almost feel worse than I did when it started. And I would tell you right now I'm describing the world. With all their answers, they get to the end of one of them and go, well, still, I'm still fearful. I'm still freaking out. I still don't know what to do. And it's why, <laughs> it's why God brought along hope. It's why, God, it, it, it's why God did this. It's why God said, you know what? That world down there, they're not going to get it. They're going to try, and, he, and people try to trip him up and keep him from getting here, but he got it, <laughs> and he brought it, and here it is. Why did God do this? Like, like, why did God do this? Let me tell you, because we sit at the end of the day on our hopeless buckets full of sin, and we say to ourselves, I don't, I don't have any hope. I don't know where to go. I'm going to tell y'all, if, if we really could be at the end of time and all the news media and everything else knew it and you got on television and said, I want to give you real hope, do you know they would listen to this message then? Because they would be so desperate and so, wow, I'm about to face eternity. And we have sin in our life and we don't know what to do with it. Because we can't forgive our own sin. We can't get rid of our own sin. We need a Savior. And we've tried everything the bucket has to offer, and it's empty. And we need Jesus. We need this hope. 
and He will forgive us of our sins. You say, Dan, we know this message. Listen to it again, maybe for the first time, because I'm going to show you why it matters. Because a lot of people would say, yeah, I've accepted Jesus. I'm just going along doing my thing. Let me show you what's coming and why this matters. God did this because we can't forgive our own sin. And in His infinite genius, in His infinite genius, in eternity past, He came up with this idea going, all right, I'm going to create a world. And he sticks Adam and Eve on it. And before the family can even get out the door, they start screwing up. The two brothers hate each other. One kills the other. God must have looked and thought, I set you up in a perfect world and you bring sin into it. What were you thinking? Then he says to himself, okay, I'll wash it and start over. So he washes the whole world, cleans it up, starts over with eight people, and they screw up again. And I think finally God said, I just got to go down there. The only way this is going to be fixed is if I just go down there. I'll at least go down there and give them hope. I've tried all the laws. I've tried all the rules. I've got the commandments. They're not listening. I'll go down there. So he comes down. And he goes on a cross and he dies and he raises himself on the third day. Only God Almighty could do that. You can't raise yourself from the dead. God raises from the dead himself. And he saves us. You say, what did God save us from? I'll tell you, from himself. You say, what, what does that even mean? His wrath... God's not pleased with all the bucket chasing of this world. God looks at us and goes, these little G's, these little Satans that y'all carry around, that y'all think is the answer, I put the answer right in front of you, and you keep chasing this, and the Bible says his wrath has to be appeased. And Jesus was the appeasement. He was the atonement for our sins. This covers all the stuff we carry around because we are filthy rags. I'm a filthy rag. I got no chance. I got no hope unless God does this. This is a this idea you could not have thought of. I'll go down there. I'll go as a servant. I'll live in the worst possible place. I'll be born in a barn. Hey, if you were God and you were coming to the earth, you know how you would do it? Hey, hey, I'm here. And God goes, I'll just go be a servant, live the perfect life, and then save them. And he's still being rejected. But I will tell you today, individually, you get to make a choice. Do I believe in the, in the Savior who came to cover my sins? Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, I'm going to play it out for you. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Word of God says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. In other words, every one of us in this room, all creation, but we're in the room, you online, listen to this. You're going to stand, or I should say, fall before God Almighty. And he's going to say, Dan Seaborn, your day of accountability. Give an account for your life. And I can tell you what I'm going to be thinking. Oh, boy. Dirty rags. Stuff I've said. Stuff I've done. All my shame. I got to tell you, I got no hope. <laughs> but God, can I show you a couple things from my bucket? That bucket, that bucket is going to be worthless. On that day, I want you all to see this. Because I, Dan Seaborn, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I said to him, Jesus, will you forgive my sins? 
will you take away my shame? He said, yes. On that day, watch this. On that day, I got coverage. And when God Almighty looks down at heaven to me, when he looks down at me and says, Dan, your day of accountability, he won't see Dan Seaborn. He'll see his son Jesus who covered me. I want to tell y'all, that's a pretty sweet view right there. Because I'm going to be like, Jesus, go on, step, out, step on out there, buddy. Go ahead, please, please cover. See, the world goes, I got this. I'm all good. I'm going to tell you, on that day, they're going to be like, please help me, Jesus. Don't wait. Make sure you make that decision today. This whole time I've been preaching, I didn't even know it. Until I looked back in the back corner, the very daughter I told you that had gone wayward, she's sitting right over there. I love you, baby. Her name is Anna. She's behind this cross now. On her day, when she stands before God Almighty, Anna Seaborn, give an account. I have the blood of Jesus covering all my sins. Ain't nothing sweeter than that. And I want to tell you today, if you forget everything else I've said, remember this picture. I'm going to tell you, this is the view you're going to want God to take of you. In fact, I'd try to hide every little part of me. Get my head a little smaller. All I want God to see when he looks at me is his son forgiving me. And the Bible says that's exactly what he does. This is not my idea. It's what God the Father came up with. And today, I want you to find your hope in this cross. Stop chasing the stupid bucket of the world. Go enjoy it. Have fun with it. I enjoy some of the things in the bucket. But it's not my hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So today, uh, like me, like my daughter Anna, make sure you're lined up behind the cross when your day comes. Because your day is coming. And I want you to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Those of you online, Make sure you've made this decision. This is a preacher. This is what I'm called to do right now is bring this message, the truth, to you. And I hope all of you will receive it and ask Jesus into your life. Becca's going to come up. I've asked her to come close the message. And I want you to listen to her and then pray with her as she prays for us. Oh, that was a great message. That was a great message. Psalm 33, verse 20 says, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. You know, I I listened to that message and I'm ticking off as he's going through all the little G's that he had, just the couple that he that he brought forth, and I'm like, oh, yep, me, up, oh, yep, me, oh, that one, that one's me too, all, all of those things, and I just love that God is our hope, Jesus is our hope, every single one of those things has failed me, every single one, and today he, um, Dan talked about us making a choice to follow Jesus and we are always going to present you with a choice to choose Jesus as the Lord of your life and the thing is we we pray a prayer every single week but we recognize that that is a first step in our faith and our faith is a journey and we don't want you to do faith alone 
So we're gonna take the moment this morning to, to make sure that everybody who wants to follow Jesus has been given that opportunity. So I'd like to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Now, if that's you in this room, I'm gonna have you raise your hand if you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're online, you can just comment in the box, say, that's me, or put a hand emoji right in there. But I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if, if you would love to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And then we are going to pray together. Okay, I'd like you to repeat after me, everybody in the room and online. Jesus, I humble myself before you. I recognize that I have been serving little G's. And I lay them down at the altar. Jesus, I lay my life at your feet. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your sacrifice. It's in your mighty name I pray. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.